Welcome to the Snowboarding Podcast, All I Really Need to Know I Learned from Snowboarding. I'm Chris Rogers. And I'm Nick Alfieri. This is the podcast where myself and Chris talk about all the life lessons we've learned from snowboarding, not just the good ones, but some of the struggles we've had along the way. So please stay tuned for this week's episode. Okay, welcome to this week's podcast. We're going to talk about some of the top reasons to do a Southern Hemisphere season if you are someone who works primarily in the Northern Hemisphere. Myself and Chris have come up with our top three reasons why we do enjoy doing a Southern Hemisphere season. But first we want to share with you a little bit about how we ended up doing Southern Hemisphere seasons, maybe what our motivation for coming down here in the first place was. So Chris, this is your first Southern Hemisphere season, is that correct? Yeah, first season down here working full-time. I've been down to visit a few times before and it's been on my to-do list since I started teaching. And, and I think it's just one of those things that you get a job teaching snowboarding and then somebody mentions Southern Hemisphere and you go, oh, wait, I can do this all year round? Yeah. And and that's just been on my list forever. And it's just that, you know, between management jobs and just life stuff going on, it's never worked out for me. So this year is my first year down here to, to be here full time and work and, and I'm loving it. Yeah. And what was the the thing that finally made you, this was the year when you pulled the trigger and made the switch? For me, it was a really good opportunity to step back into the full-time teaching role without being at my home mountain and kind of just confirming that this was really what I wanted to do. And, and as we came back from Interski, I just, I wanted that opportunity to go teach full-time and, and train and, and be in the mountain and step back into that instructor role. It's been five years for me. And, and so it's been just a really good opportunity to, to step back into that role. Very cool. And it's safe to say, I think you've enjoyed it quite a bit. Whenever I talk to you being down here, you're usually pretty excited and have some energy about loving what you're doing down here. And it's been really cool to see that side of you back in the instructor role. And it seems like you love it. Yeah, definitely. And I, I've got to say, you've been a bit of a role model in that as well, Nick. I, you know, over the last four years, being on the team together and, and watching you come down here. Yeah. Uh, what, what prompted you to come down? I've always wanted to come down since I was 16. I always thought it was cool. I found out there was a place you could snowboard in the summertime, and I just finally eventually pulled the trigger and decided I was going to make it happen, and I applied for jobs, got one to accept me, and I flew down. And I actually didn't even have a place to stay until I was on the airplane coming down here. I had been messaging people for a month trying to find a place to stay and rent a room and that. It was really difficult where I was headed. And I just said, well, I'm going down there. I'll figure it out when I land. And luckily enough, something came through in the airport when I was on the way down here. And it was, it's been great ever since. I have no regret. Awesome. So should we get into our top reasons why? Yeah. Yeah, our top reasons why we should be down here. And just like a few weeks back when we did a list episode like this, we've written our own list for top reasons that we think uh, someone should do a Southern Hemisphere season. And we'll compare these for the first time. Great. Okay, my third top reason. So I guess we're going to go in order of least important first, right? Of the top three. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Still the top reasons. Still the top then... reasons, but number three. So number three for me is you're sharp when you head into the Northern Hemisphere season. This is kind of a little bit of a selfish reason, but I love rolling into the Northern Hemisphere season and being, yep, I'm already good to go. I know how to do this job. I roll in straight away. My eyes are sharp. My teaching's sharp. Uh, my communication about it is sharp, and I can just step right into it. And I really, really enjoy that. I don't feel that lag that you usually get of, oh, well, I got to get back into the groove, and I feel a little rusty. I roll in, and I'm on it straight away. I've definitely seen that over the last decade 
in these roles, uh, especially going to examiner training in the fall. And, you know, historically it was Scott Anfang and Tony Macri rolling in. Now you're in that list as well, rolling into fall examiner training with a goggle tan and like a hundred <laughs> days on snow in the last 150 days. And, and yeah, and you see that, that sharpness is definitely there. I, I think that's a really good reason. Similar to, to what I put down, which is training and development. And yeah. I think for an instructor coming through the ranks, it can be an incredible development opportunity to double up on your seasons. And the other day, I was over at Hotham Resort and and was chatting with an instructor who had said, "Oh yeah, I've been doing this for ten years, and twenty seasons." And and it was just such a like a little bit of just a, a reminder to me that you know we've been doing this for fifteen years. You think you've been been at it for a while, and there's people younger than me. Yep. who have fewer years of teaching experience and more seasons of teaching experience than I do. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, I think if you're in that zone working on your level three, it's a way that you can double down on your seasons. I think that's a huge point, Chris, that the development you get down here, just more time on snow, more time at your craft, doing what you want to do, really, really is super beneficial. A lot of instructors are on snow 150, 160 days a year. You pretty quickly push that to 260 to 300 doing a southern year. Yeah, Absolutely. That actually ties into my number two, which is you meet new people who view snowboarding differently. And that's part of the professional development to me is you actually get to meet instructors from other organizations down here in the Southern Hemisphere. It's such a melting pot of Northern Hemisphere organizations and people certified through so many different countries that the people you meet and the people that you talk to, those people uh, help broaden your scope of what good snowboarding is it really really helps you develop as an instructor funny you say that nick my number two is broaden your narrow horizons <laughs> and it's fun nice. this is uh, something my one of my english teachers back in high school used to say is people need to broaden their narrow horizons more often and i think it's so true in our industry you come through a cert program whether it's psia and asi or apsi or sbi and z or basie or Cassie, whatever that organization is that you've come through, that's your gospel. Yeah. And the idea that there's different ways to talk about flex extension rotation, there's different ways to talk about an active stance and, and what makes high performance carve turns good, uh, what different conditions are, what, you know, there's, there's this sense that, that you come through that certification system and that's what you know. And when you're exposed to some of these other organizations early on, it just makes you that much better of an instructor because you realize there's multiple ways to skin a cat. There's multiple ways to look at the same thing. Yeah, that's that's such a huge point. I couldn't agree with that anymore. And the the seasons I spend down here in New Zealand, I use this as fuel to get something from down here and bring it to the Northern Hemisphere to work with. And I also use my Northern Hemisphere season to get something for fuel and bring it down to my Southern Hemisphere season with. And I really, really enjoy it. I think it's one of the best things that I've ever had for my personal and professional development. I've had so many conversations since coming back from Interski about what an amazing place Interski is and oh, I want to go to Interski. And I think there's a lot you can do for your own career to develop your own personal inner ski essentially by coming to a non us resort or to get out of your home resort and go to another resort. And, you know, whether it's just seeing how a different ski area operates, you know, like I think of even in the U S like moving from steamboat to Vail and, and around other ski areas and being, being in more than one locker room 
you start to see some pros and cons of different ways to run a ski school. And, you know, being in different regions of the U.S., you start to see what the different business volumes are like. And Rocky Mountain's different than Eastern, and it's different from Western. And, you know, that Western's different from Northwest. And there, there's a reason all of our ski schools are different. And I think the more that you move around, the more that you broaden your horizons, the better of an instructor you're going to be, the better of a career you're going to have, and the, the more you're going to be able to do this as a sustainable job. Yep. Okay, so this brings me in that segues pretty well into my number one which to be fair where where we went with the number two there really blends in with my number one which is it breaks you out of your silo and that breaks you out of your silo I left that as my number one is kind of an overarching thing and the fact that it breaks you out of your silo with how you think about snowboarding in different organizations but it breaks you out of your normal routine it's so easy to get stuck in your routine at your ski school it breaks you out of your silo of how management runs the different dealing with different supervisors a different ski school structure and it pushes you to think differently and work around problems that you may not have at your home resort one of the big problems that uh depending on where you're at is the snow conditions are different in the southern hemisphere and just that little simple thing forces you to change how you teach how you deliver content it really makes you such a better more well-rounded instructor I couldn't, I couldn't agree more, Nick. I think people so often get accustomed to the problems, even gripe about the problems at their home resort, and forget about what the great things at their home resorts are. And you go to another resort and you experience every ski school has its problems, every ski school has its challenges, and every ski school has its strengths. And that's true of every resort I've worked at. I've come away from resorts thinking, well, this wasn't quite right, this wasn't quite right, this was pretty okay, this was pretty okay, and these couple of things were, were really amazing. When you travel around and go to other ski schools and when you when you get out of your silo, you start to see what some of those strengths are. And you go home to your home resort and there's probably some things you're going to appreciate more when you return. True. Very true. Okay. What's yours, Chris? Number my, one. My number one reason is people and places. And for me, this summer being down here has been a very, I think I've said this before, it's been a very back to the roots summer for me. Coming back to teaching and training full time and one of the reasons for that is how metropolitan the ski school locker room is. And when I started teaching in Steamboat back in 04, we used to have the H2B visa and we had all kinds of Kiwis and Aussies and South Americans and Europeans that came and taught in our ski school. And so for me, the ski school locker room here reminds me of my first couple of years teaching. And so to combo that in coming back to teaching and training full time and also being down here where it reminds me of my first couple seasons, it's been a really cool experience. And it's something I think everyone should feel the the ski school community truly is an international community. And unfortunately in the United States right now, we don't have that option to bring in as many of the truly professional instructors from around the world than we used to have. And so being at the Remarkables, I think it's the same at Cornette, we have 100% certified staff. That doesn't happen in yeah. the United States anymore. Yeah. And and just sitting in a locker and hearing people, you know, there's people teaching in Japan, and there's people teaching in Europe, and there's people teaching in South America. And, the, you know, the connections you make, the friends that you make, the places that you've opened the doors to for travel, for fun, for potential work. Maybe you want to go do a season in Japan in the future. Maybe you want to go do a season in the Alps in the future getting out and making that first step into a southern hemisphere season gets you those connections and gets you that opportunity to travel and see just how wide this job field can be 
Yeah, that's a really good point. That this is a great place to make connections for lots of other places in the Northern Hemisphere. And I've had a few friends that have come down here, and then instead of going back to the States, they end up in Japan, which is a great place to work. Yep. And I think you can also look at, I mean, other than here, there's opportunities in, in South America and Chile. There's opportunities in Australia, of course, as well. You know, it doesn't have to be New Zealand. We both found New Zealand. I, I and I, I think it's it's amazing here. There's there's a, a lure to New Zealand for sure. But depending on what you're looking for, how much you want to work, where you can get visas to, there's a lot of other factors that can play into why you might go somewhere else. Do you speak Spanish? Maybe you want to go to South America then because you yeah. have good opportunities there. Yep. And some of what you can expect to find at each place will be a little bit different. What you're going to need really to start to apply to Southern Hemisphere Realistically, you're going to need Cert 2 in your primary discipline and Cert 1 in your secondary discipline at a bare minimum. At a minimum. To, to even really start applying, aren't you? Yeah. Sometimes if you know the right person, you might be able to get in with a little bit less than that or kind of right on that line. But it's definitely going to help to be more qualified. Really, you're going to be looking at the full cert, the level three, to actually apply down here and have a decent chance to get an interview and get a job to come down here. I think full cert really helps with making the trip worthwhile financially as well. You're going to have a little bit better opportunity to get some privates. You're going to have a little bit higher pay rate at most resorts. Uh, and that second discipline is definitely valuable. I mean, I, I've definitely taught my share of ski lessons down here in New Zealand, and it's a way to fill in some of those time periods where you might not have received work otherwise. Yeah, really good point. So if you think that the Southern Hemisphere is a possible place for you, then do it. Then do it. Definitely do it and have a look into what some places you might fit in well with, where you think you might want to go, and seriously consider it because I think it's one of the best things you could do for your development. I think it's an amazing thing you can do for your development. It's great for meeting people. It's great for expanding your horizons. I think there's one other piece to that too, which is put a little bit of money in the bank ahead of time so that you come down not stressed out and take the time to explore while you're down here. Yeah. So many people come down and work the whole time and work too hard and don't take the time to go to a little random ski field in the middle of nowhere or go for a vacation to the beach on the way back or, you know, like take advantage of, of doing it if you're going to do it and, and make the most of that trip. Get get some experience traveling while you're while you're traveling to work. Yep, couldn't agree more. That's us for this week's episode. Next week, we are going to cover emotional intelligence and why it's one of the most important skills you could have as a good instructor. Yeah, emotional intelligence. I think it'll be an ongoing theme through this podcast. Yes, so please stay tuned for next week's episode. All I Really Need to Know I Learned from Snowboarding is a podcast by me, Nick Alfieri. And me, Chris Rogers. If you have thoughts on this week's episode, we'd love to hear from you. You can continue the conversation with us and other listeners on our Facebook page. You can also email us questions, comments, or topics you'd like us to discuss at our email address, learnedfromsnowboarding at gmail.com. If you're enjoying our podcast, please subscribe, write a review, and help others find our show. Thanks for listening.